you know, in the city, you can find incubation hubs. You can find people, you have great internet. (laughs) There's so much (laughs) that you have in this city that you don't necessarily have in the country. And to be an entrepreneur, when you might be the only entrepreneur in a hundred kilometer radius, like that's pretty wild. So yeah, I realized that these people needed more support. They needed more knowledge. They needed more resources. There was just so much that they weren't getting. And if they were getting it from the city, those people didn't necessarily understand the lifestyle and the logistics and the challenges that they're facing. Welcome to Business Bards with Bonnie, a podcast for busy fempreneurs who are ready to get off the hamster wheel and gain confidence and clarity to shine in business. I'm Bonnie Wicks, a business clarity coach who works with clients all over the globe to clarify their brand, hone their message and streamline their biz. This podcast, I will ramble about all the areas you can get stuck in an overthinking cycle, from branding and marketing to management and mindset. Each month, we'll have amazing guests who'll talk about their journey and share insightful tips to make your business a place in which you thrive, not just survive. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome to another special guest episode. Today, I would like to introduce you to the Rural Business Coach, Tori Kopke. Tori lives in a small town of Cundinan in Western Australia with her husband and two young boys. She moved from Texas to Australia 10 years ago. And after accidentally falling in love with a farmer, this city girl found herself surrounded by tractors and wheat fields. When she started her business coaching journey, it became apparent that regional and rural women entrepreneurs faced unique challenges. And this launched the Rural Business Coach, and it is her mission to be a supporter and connector for rural businesses. When Tori isn't serving her rockstar clients, she's raising two little boys that already love to raise hell. So let's welcome to the show, Tori Kopke. Welcome, Tori. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I'm very excited. And you live in a very special place. Yes. I live in Cunderdon, which is in the wheat belt of Western Australia. So we are about half an hour from town and there's not much out here. Um, but you might also know that I have a little bit of an accent. So I'm originally from Texas. Wow. So how did you go all the way from Texas to a very remote community in Australia? Well, let's see. Back (laughs) in 2010, it was the middle of the global financial crisis and I was graduating from uni and I was like, right, no one's going to hire me because I tried to get hired. I could not get a job to save myself out of uni. So I thought, right, Australia, they speak English. That seems like a safe bet. I'll go there. So (laughs) I packed my bags. I had, wait, I was an awful backpacker. I had two bags, could not carry either of them. And I came to Australia and I was working as an au pair and I got fired after like two days. I was a crap au pair. Like traveling is not (laughs) for me. I was a crap au pair. I was awful at backpacking. And then I, um, let's see, after I got fired, <laughs> that was terrible. I went to Karatha actually. So Northwest Western Australia. And I worked as a barmaid there for a few months. And boy, that was just an experience to say the <laughs> least, like height of the mining boom, 
there were, I think 23 barmaids in the pub. Like it was just, it was chaos and it was so much fun. Like it was perfect for a 20 year old. Like now I just think I'm exhausted just thinking about it, but yeah, 12 years ago it was, I was, couldn't have been happier. So I spent, yeah, a few months up there and then I just kind of started traveling around. I finally figured out how to backpacking worked and I started working at the Cunderdon Edamoga pub, which if you've ever seen the like historic Aussie cartoons, the pub in Cunderdon looks just like the Edamoga cartoon. So I started working there and then I was going to go on to Singapore and then I was going to go back to the U.S. and get my master's in petroleum engineering, which how fun was that going to be? So yeah, I was working at the pub and then eventually met my husband after about two weeks, this guy kept coming in. He was drinking a lot of beer and he was staying till close every night. And then he finally asked me if I wanted to go out and go shooting with him. He picked his audience, right? As a Texan, I said, absolutely. Oh, our our Aussie men are very romantic, aren't they? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And here we are, two kids and 10, 12, 11 years later. Wow. That is such a romantic story. Like you can't plan that. That is such an amazing journey to have gone on. And now, so you're going to study petroleum engineering and now you're a business coach helping rural women. That was a bit of a career change as well. So walk us through what sparked this idea in your head. Yeah, definitely. So after I met my husband, I was driving back and forth from Cunderdon to the city. I did that for three years and it was hectic. So I was ended up working as in oil and gas still, which is funny. I worked in oil and gas and then after about three years, there was a company out here in the wheat belt that said, look, we need someone to kind of come in and be our general manager, oversee our sales, marketing, manufacturing. Can you come do that? And I was like, oh, yep. Then I don't have to drive anymore. So then I started working in the wheat belt and I realized quite quickly what a lack of resources there are out here. And so I fulfilled that role for about three years. And then I just started thinking there's so much more out here. There's so much opportunity. These people need more than what they're getting. There was just such a lack of support and resources. Like, you know, in the city, you can find incubation hubs. You can find people, you have great internet. (laughs) There's so much (laughs) that you have in this city that you don't necessarily have in the country. And to be an entrepreneur, when you might be the only entrepreneur in a hundred kilometer radius. Like that's pretty wild. So yeah, I realized that these people needed more support. They needed more knowledge. They needed more resources. There was just so much that they weren't getting. And if they were getting it from the city, those people didn't necessarily understand the lifestyle and the logistics and the challenges that they're facing. So I realized stepping away from my corporate role, stepping away from that kind of GM role, I realized that I could do a lot more in helping people with their own businesses. And so I originally started up a basically marketing agency for country Australia. And then as I went further into that role, I realized that, wait a second, these people need more than just marketing help. They need help with their systems. They need help with their selling and strategy. And there's so much more to unpack. And so that's when I started shifting in my own business to going to become a business coach. And that was about three years ago that I started making that big transition. 
Oh, wow. That's very true. And I have to admit, talking to you, like I think I've used to live rural, <laughs> but that puts a whole new definition to rural. And even where I am at the moment, I'm in a small town on the border of um, New South Wales and Victoria on the coast. It's absolutely lovely. But even here, we still have a moderate access to, you know, we have great internet. We have people around us who are interested in business and we take that for granted. And I think one thing a lot of people don't put enough emphasis on, on how important it is, is community and having someone go through that journey with you and having a cheerleader or someone to cry with, <laughs> which I think we've all cried on our business startup journey. Have you cried? Oh, I think, I think it's a rite of passage. I think if you haven't <laughs> cried, you haven't been in business. <laughs> um, but yeah, having someone around you and having that community and having that support, it just makes it so much easier and it makes it so much more fun. Yeah, 100%. And is that kind of why you started looking at launching your new mastermind? Look, I started the mastermind because before the mastermind, actually, I was working with women in kind of a membership format. So I had over a hundred women from across the country. We would do like a monthly masterclass and then we had co-working sessions and it was really cool and it was really great. But I realized once again, I just wanted to go deeper and do more with my customers. And so I was like, how do I do that in kind of the same format, but just more. And that's when I started moving towards the mastermind format. And that way I could have this really close-knit community, but also actually do business with them instead of kind of letting them, watching them do business. And I didn't really want a done for you model that I had with the marketing agency. I really wanted to embrace the kind of done with you so that I'm in the trenches with them, whether it be, you know, they're building their website copy or they are figuring out a new program to launch. I just really wanted to do it with them. And then seeing all the relationships that have formed around that, as in the ones they formed with each other is just so fun because yeah, I, I get to work with ladies from Queensland, Victoria to WA, just all over. It's, it's so fun. And do you see a, a difference in the challenges between rural, rural and I guess so semi-regional centers? Is there like a really big difference between the challenges they face? Not really. I think that there is, if you have a completely unreliable internet. That's definitely a huge challenge. But I think for what it really comes down to is that we don't necessarily have the immediate access, the, the funding, like there's just not that convenience that you have when you are in like a metro area. Like you're still having some of the same challenges if you are in a semi-regional area. But I think also, well, I found that people in regional areas, they still want to be, they, they want to be described as country. Like they're not city slickers. They're definitely in the country. They are living a, again, yeah, they might live in a city in the country, but they love that kind of small town vibe. They love those country values. And there's a reason that those sort of people gra are gravitated to working towards me. And it's because we share the same values. We share the same beliefs. And I think that if you are really aligned to someone, you're going to naturally want to, to work with them as well. That's beautiful. So one of the things like you were saying earlier with those, I guess, rural and regional entrepreneurs is the lack of community. How would you try and get, like, other than in your platform and where they interact with themselves, do you have any other tips to help, you know, regional um, rural women who are looking to get into business or on that entrepreneur, how do they get that emotional support or business support? 
Look, I think there's a lot of ways to do it. I am a big fan of reaching out to people that have come before me. And I think that when you're in business, you're just going to have to set aside your ego and appreciate the fact that like you're on this very vulnerable, very new journey. And so you're going to have to ask for help, which as women, like we hate asking for help. So just set that aside and recognize that you can't do it alone and that you're going to go a lot further with support. So maybe it looks like a zoom catch up and having a cup of coffee, or maybe it looks like going on a podcast like this and having a chat with someone. So support can look like a lot of different ways, or it could look like working one-on-one with someone and as a business coach, or it could even look like having a virtual assistant that's going to support you. But I think what it really comes down to is accepting that you can't do it all alone. I remember when I was, it must've been in my third or fourth year of business. And I had my little boy, uh, my first little boy, he was 18 months old and I couldn't go to networking events. I couldn't go to traditional business breakfasts or anything like that because I am on a farm. I am in the middle of nowhere. I do have vast distances to travel. And so I was like, right, how am I going to form a community? How am I going to reach out to people? And that's when I started to realize that, you know, if you really want something and you're really craving something, you can just create it yourself. And so that's when I kind of started my membership and going down that route of building my own community. So I think you can be a community builder, even at the early days of your business. That's actually a really good thing to point out because so often you think there is supposed to be, in Bunny is supposed to be a, a certain path to success. You start here and then you go there and you go there, but that's not really true. The path is windy and twisty and you can start a community now. What's stopping you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think people are often drawn to like strong brands and strong people. And so if that's what you're aligned to, then I think it makes sense to build a community around it. Yeah, that's great. Now, you also touched on something that I am really passionate about. How do you do it all? You're a mama, you're a farmer, you're a wife. How do you actually do it all? Ooh, this is a really good question. I don't do it all is the answer. So I love being completely transparent with my clients, with everyone that asks me, how do you do it all? I have a cleaner, so I do not do housework. I feel very blessed in that. So I have a lovely lady that comes to the house once a week and does my cleaning and I couldn't live without her. And she's the most valuable person on my team. (laughs) I have my virtual assistant does a lot of the heavy lifting for me. So she does a ton of like social media repurposing. She produces things. She produces all of my blogs. She does a ton of heavy lifting. I am not the most organized person. So the most organized I get is I meal plan for the week and I do laundry on Thursdays. So I only do laundry once a week because I hate doing laundry. So I just try to build systems that work for me. And I think if you can build systems that work, like that is the secret to success is using systems that work for you, not whatever someone else has copyrighted or printed or put together. If you can figure out a system that works for you, then you're going to be so much more successful. But I also think it's really key to have services and to have offers that you've put together that are really scalable and super aligned to the, to your business. So for my clients, I try to put them all into the mastermind as many as possible. And then I have a handful of one-on-one clients. And that just means it's much more scalable with my time, because if we can build offers that allow us to be really scalable with our time, then we're going to be a lot more successful with our business. 
and that really is the whole point of business. Like I've been talking about this a little bit on social media about you can have two reasons for being in business. Like you don't have to always be passionate and have a mighty big purpose behind your business. And that is great to have that. But it is also okay to have a business and structure it in a way that is simply there to support you and your family and the life that you want to lead. And that's beautiful to see how you have combined those two together. You can see you're very passionate about what you do and you have a great purpose behind it. But then hearing that you're actually also doing it in a way that supports you and your family is beautiful. How did you get the courage to take those steps? Because I did it all wrong the first time. (laughs) (laughs) I've done the burnout. I've done it all wrong. (laughs) So now I know. And now I can tell my clients don't do it this way. So yeah, I've done the burnout. I've done the hustle. I've been in the mindset of I can do everything myself. I don't need help. I don't need support. And so I think when you've done it all, when you've burned yourself out and when you're kind of at the bottom, you can rebuild from there. So I remember it must've been very early days in my business. I was doing everything wrong. It was awful. Business was awful. I was saying yes to everything. I was sure I was making money, but it was definitely at the detriment to my health, to my family. Like it was not building a really aligned business. And so I think once you've done it wrong, you realize, okay, I actually need to be really intentional. And that's the beautiful thing of now I can tell my clients, hold on, that's not actually aligned to your values. That's not actually aligned to the lifestyle you're trying to build. And I think that's one of the beautiful things of working with a coach is they can help you not make the mistakes that they may have made or that their clients may have made in the past. And that's one of the things I love about the work that you've been doing is quite often I've been seeing with a lot of business coaches, you hear those fancy 10K months or get to 50K months or six figures in six months. And it's very much focused on this money outcome. And one of the things I'm passionate about is working with small businesses, especially mothers in business. And sometimes, yes, we would all like 10Ks a month. I think we'd all love that. But sometimes we don't love it more than having time with the family or the work that's required. And so I really appreciate you being a a campaigner for being aligned in business. How do you help clients then reach that alignment and show them, hang on, do you really want this? Like, do you have a set process or do you just kind of follow their lead? Yeah. So I usually like to start off with thinking about what are your goals? What do you want your business to look like? What do you want your life to look like in say 12 months or three years and then reverse engineering from there. So working backwards and build it as you want it to be. So build your business as you want it to be in three years. So I know in three years from now, I'm definitely not going to want to be working 40 hour weeks. No way. So why would I build a business that sets me up to work 40 hour weeks? There's no way I would do that. I have little ones. I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. It doesn't make sense for me to build a business that's totally out of alignment for what I want it to be in for three years. So that's usually my kind of starting point with my clients is let's do some work around what you want your life to look like in the future. And then what are the baby steps we can do to work backwards? And so when I think about the future, who am I working with? What systems are supporting me? What people are supporting me? What is my income goal? What services am I offering? So I really like to do that reverse engineering because I think it's a really good exercise that helps us ensure that we're building a business that is aligned to what we actually want and what we value in the future. So that really resonates with me. I've had a sick child, actually like this one, it has been two weeks, but literally I've had very little daycare for about two and a half months. 
And it's really made me think, okay, I can't do this anymore. I need support. So I've actually got my first VA, which is really, really exciting. Any tips? What would you advise people that at that point that they need that first step of support and they might be looking at getting a VA, what would you advise? I would say getting a VA is the best move I've ever made in my business. I don't know why I put it off for so long. But also I think when I brought on a VA and when I advise my clients when they bring in a VA is give them one big project that they can really take ownership of and it completely goes off your plate. So when I brought in my VA, I gave her my blog production. I was like, here's the blogs, you just run with it. And so she really got to take ownership of it. I didn't care what the process was. I just cared what the end result was. So don't try to micromanage them. They're, they're professionals in their own right. So give them a big project, let them master that, and then slowly add more projects to them. Now my VA does everything from like client onboarding to client welcome gifts to follow-ups to blog production and just social media. She does so much, but it's not like I put that all on her plate at once. So I think give them one big thing that they can take ownership of and then slowly add more tasks from there. And I think that's just how we should be growing our business full stop. You're slowly growing rather than having this big expectation of being able to reach 10K in our first month. Do you ever have to deal with that with some of the business clients you're seeing? Like, are you seeing more clients coming in with bigger expectations and might be actually realistic? Definitely. I definitely see people come in with huge expectations. And to be honest, I don't usually work with them. I usually say, you know what? I'm not the right coach for you. I had one woman come in recently and she applied to work with me and I looked at her goals for the next kind of six months and she wanted 6k in six months. And I said, look, I'm really sorry. I don't think that's a realistic goal. Starting with an audience of zero. I just don't think that I can help you do that. I'm really sorry. If you want to talk about adjusting your goals, then that's definitely something we can look at. And then I can help you grow from there. But yeah, I, I, sometimes I unfortunately have to be the reality check for some people that If you don't have any platform and you're starting from zero, it can be really hard to build straight up to a 6K, 10K month in six months. And it is possible, but I think it's got to be a really unique business model and I may not necessarily be the coach to help you with it. And I think I'd also, as a coach, have to match that energy. And so if someone's coming with you and they're like, yes, I'm like ready to be like a bull out of the gate. I think as a coach, you have to match that energy. So finding that alignment in your business and who you work with in your business is really important. I'm a brand strategist and I love talking about your ideal customer. I call it the wine and wine buddy. And it's not just about finding demographics. It's about the pain points they're going through. Do you have a formula yourself for helping your clients find that alignment in business and finding that customer that's going to align with them? So I usually like to start with, it's funny, I work backwards. backwards. (laughs) So I usually start with, okay, what are the things that you want to offer in your business? What are the things that you really love and really light you up? And so I usually start with the client's offers, making sure that they are doing things in their business that they absolutely love, that they are making a healthy profit for, and they feel really good about. And then from there, I start thinking, okay, now who are the people that are going to pay you for that? So I usually start with the offers and then identify who the ideal clients are that are going to be the ones purchasing these high value offers. 
you just said something that I'd love to explore a bit more, if that's all right. But the pricing, who's going to pay this? Do you find that there's any challenges around getting your clients to really charge what the product is worth? Yes. So selling and sales mindset is one of my passions. I think that as women, as mothers, when we're doing things that come easy to us, we're like, oh, I shouldn't charge for that. That's too easy. That's I can do that in an hour. Well, you might be able to do it in an hour, but someone else, it could take them 10 hours, 20 hours. So I think a lot of people struggle with actually putting the right price on themselves. And then they also struggle asking for the sale, putting the price out there, letting their clients know, having a sales conversation about the price. So I think pricing can be such a sensitive issue for so many people when it shouldn't really. Like some people attach morals to pricing when it has absolutely nothing to do with morals and it's just a value exchange. For some reason, for women, it's just so much harder to create pricing and to talk about pricing, to talk about sales compared to the fact that it's absolutely just a value exchange, time for money, outcome for money. It's a pure value exchange. It is. And it's also understanding as well that the more profit that you can bring in, the more help you can provide. And I do believe that women do view that as a circular economy. So we view that when we get the money, it doesn't just come in and it goes out as well. And I think that's something that a lot of people need to feel a little bit better in themselves with. Have you seen the meme with the sign and it says, whatever you're doing today, do it with the confidence of a thousand white men. Uh, No, I haven't, but I love it. Oh, I'm like, that is exactly what every woman in business needs to put on their wall when it comes to their pricing. (laughs) But that's exactly it. Yeah. Well, there is so many challenges. Like when I started talking to you, there's so many challenges that does come with running a business, especially being a woman in business. And it's so lovely to have a mastermind, but let's maybe take this on to something a little bit more positive because there are some beautiful rewards for it. So talk about how you've managed to build a life that supports you and your family. Like I know you've said that you've got the systems in place. Like how have you gotten the courage to really get out there? I think, especially in small towns, it can be really uncomfortable to be so visible. I'm on Instagram often. I'm very visible, I think you could say. And so it does take a lot of courage and I think it's a mindset shift. And so I think it's, you know, you would never judge someone for doing their book work. Like you would never go, oh, I can't believe she's doing her book work. And so I think it's just a fundamental part of my business. And so That takes a lot of courage to just recognize that, you know what, this is a fundamental part of my business is being really visible, is talking about my sales, talking about my services, um, going on podcasts. It's just part of what I have to do. And so I think that it's just that mindset shift to accepting that visibility is a key part of your business and a key part of your growth. And if people are judging you for it, then it's because they just don't understand it and they don't actually know what it means to be in business in this day and age. And I find that is a block for a lot of people that are looking to start their business or at that starting stage is having to be visible and trying to grasp all the growth strategies that you need. How do you advise people when they're just starting the best ways to start growing and being more visible? So I truly believe that everything we do is based on relationships. So we're either building new relationships or we're furthering existing ones. So That's the reason we show up on social media. The reason we do things like podcasts, the reason we send emails is because we're all about building relationships. 
And so if we're looking to build relationships, what's the fastest way you can do it? And for me, it's having conversations. So if you're looking to get more visible, you're looking to build connections, then I would start on pick one platform, one place where you can really start fostering those kind of connections and then see how you can grow them. Maybe it's jumping on Zoom for coffee catch-ups. Maybe it is having a weekly Instagram live, whatever it is, do it consistently and promote it consistently. That way you can really start building a community and really starting getting visible. Any tips on what to say when you're trying to build that connection with someone and ask them to jump on a Zoom coffee catch-up? I usually just say, it depends. If they're clearly someone that would be paid for their time, then it's, I'd ask if they have any sort of like discovery call, any sort of process around that. But if it's you inviting them into a sales process, then I usually like to pick one problem that I can solve. So say I have a 30 minute selling with strength call. So if someone wanted to work with me and they're struggling with sales, they could come in for 30 minutes. We could talk about selling with strength. So for 30 minutes, I like to pick that one thing that you could really help someone with on a Zoom call. So if you're trying to start a conversation with someone, you would have that kind of key point that you could direct them towards. So you could say, oh, if you need help with selling, we could jump on a Zoom call and chat about this. So I think it's really nice to have that kind of one focus point to point people towards. Because there is quite a lot that we can talk about. (laughs) Absolutely. So there's some really wonderful growth strategies there and it's such a connection-based model, which is truly how the world works these days. You know, before social media, it was all about referrals and people telling you, and I don't think much has changed. So you've actually got a really awesome freebie for some people that are looking to learn more about growing. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a free training. It is the five-part growth strategy. And yeah, I just walk you through the kind of exact steps that I take with my clients to help them grow. And you can find it on my website. Okay. That's awesome. Thank you, Tori. Now, how do we get in touch with you if we want to, um, you know, contact you? So you can find me on Instagram or Facebook, Tori.Kopke, T-O-R-I.K-O-P-K-E, or head to my website, which is Tori.Kopke.com. And I'll put all the links down below. And before you go, Tell us all about this lovely mastermind that you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So it's called The Power Project. We've got 10 women in it now, and it's women from all across the country doing incredible business. And we have a weekly group coaching call. And then there's all of my teachings and frameworks that they can work through in the background in a self-paced model. So we also do one-on-one coaching calls. So it's kind of a hybrid of all of the ways that you can work with someone rolled up into one. And the discussions we have are really fun and really incredible and really insightful. There's some smart ladies. Like I feel so lucky to be able to work with all of them. That's absolutely amazing. I'll put the link to the mastermind down below because I am sure that will be a huge savior to a lot of people that are craving that high touch point help, that community and the knowledge behind it. So thank you so much for coming on, Tori. I really enjoyed having a chat with you today. No worries. Thank you for having me. I hope you got massive value from today's episode. And if you are a regional or rural entrepreneur that is looking for that extra support, connection and knowledge to really thrive in your business, go check out Tori's new mastermind. It is a high touch, 
high value program to help you thrive in your regional and rural business. I will make sure I put all of the links to connect with Tori in the show notes. And until next time, keep shining bright.